the Lord has, has an agenda for this morning, and I'm really excited. I, I love the presence of God. <laughs> I love, I love the presence of God. And that's really all that we need this morning, amen? We just need him in the room, God with us. Emmanuel. At Christmas, you go around and in every store, they're proclaiming the name of Jesus. It's the best. You're in, I was in Dollarama and they're singing Noel. I'm like, yes. <laughs> All these people don't even realize it, but they're, they're encountering Jesus at Christmas. It's such a good season. So I have, um, since I was a little girl, just uh, hungered for the presence of God. And um, I obviously uh, do not take for granted my parents, my aunt and uncle, my aunt Joy, my other aunts. I see my uncle Carl and Aunt Shell. I remember my whole family. They just love the presence of Jesus. And when I was a little girl, I would sneak away to get away with him. I remember one, one time we were at the cottage up north and uh, we had borrowed pastor's boat, my family, my parents and my sister and I, and uh, we had borrowed the pastor's uh, motorboat to bring up to the cottage. And it was docked one night with the cover on and it was dark out and everyone was around a campfire and I, I felt the Lord calling me over to the boat. Um, and if you know me, I'm, I'm extroverted. I hate being alone. So the fact that I love being alone with Jesus is <laughs> really he's the only one I like being alone with. <laughs> but I felt the Lord calling me over to the boat. So I, I unsnapped the cover and I, I crawled in and, and I had my Bible and I just began to highlight and highlight and, and study and I wanted to know him and I wanted to understand him and I wanted to experience him and I wanted to feel him. I wanted to know he was right there. And I remember since I was a little girl just craving Jesus. <laughs> and I think some of you, before we go on to message this morning, I think some of you just need a reminder, Emmanuel, like God with you, God with you. God beside you, God doing work with you, God doing school with you, God with you, God in business with you, partnership with you. He is right there. And I think one of the things that Christmas also, the Lord was talking to me this week and he said, for God so loved the world, for I so loved the world that I gave. And I was like, oh. Yes, you gave Jesus on the cross. I always thought of that as, yes, he gave Jesus on the cross for me. Yeah. But this week he was like, no, for God so loved the world that Father God separated from Son Jesus. And that little baby in a manger is a representation of a father sacrificing and Jesus left heaven. God had to separate with his son, and he did it for us. He sacrificed for us. So, you know, God so loved the world that he gave, yes, Jesus on a cross, but just picture that. God gave you Jesus. He gave us 
God became flesh, came down so that we could be one flesh with Jesus and we would receive the presence of God. He gave. And in, at Christmas time, like I said, it's the season of giving and, and he's realigning this week. I could feel him. Yes, when a human gives, it's one of the most beautiful things. But we got to remember in this season, for God so loved the world, he gave the first present, the best present that we would ever receive. All that you need. <laughs> He's so good. When he shows up on the scenes, oh, Melissa, in prayer today, I got I to gotta tell this story. So uh, back in uh, about two years ago, right after I graduated, school I had come through intense stress and I do you remember like January 2017 there was a month where I was fighting and battling uh, some sickness and I was declaring out of my mouth you know I'm healed I'm healed which is good you got to do that I'm healed I'm healed I am the healed I'm the healed but I wasn't manifesting in my body and my mom came in, my, in the room and she said, okay, enough is enough. And she, she uh, got Benny Hinn, Medi Hinn's worship album. And um, for those of you who know him, he carries the presence of, the God, of God in a very thick way. So my mom began praying, or playing that song and immediately Holy Spirit said, do you want your healing? Then don't just declare faith. Connect to the author of your faith. And I had a, a moment where I realized I was out of my own strength trying to claim my victory, forgetting to encounter him, experience him, and remember who he is. And that thing broke. Like we saw my fever just started to clock down because when Jesus shows up on the scenes where the presence of Jesus is, no sickness can stay there. Where he is, no debt can stay there. Where he is, no fear can stay there. Where he is, guys, just bring him. That's what, before we start today, like just bring him in the seat. Emmanuel, God with you. This week, he's there right beside you. And you know, call on him. Sneak away with him. It says in the scriptures that when, when Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, got in the presence of Elizabeth, that baby within Elizabeth leaped for joy. Why? Because when Oh, when Jesus enters the scenes, when Jesus enters the scenes, everything responds to him. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. So here we go. I, I cannot, I'm, this is Jesus, I can believe, especially in this church. Pastor Ian's testimony was about taking territory, and that's where God has us today, which is incredible. I'm, I'm, I love how the Holy Spirit flows and brings everything together. So what the Lord showed me about territory is that, and we've been talking about covenant. When a couple gets married and they enter into co to covenant in the natural one of the first things they do is they go and they purchase or lease land, a home, territory. When they enter into covenant, then God calls them out of their parents' home to now occupy 
new land. And when we're in covenant relationship with God, Pastor Ian has talked to us that the point of covenant is to bear fruit. And today we're going to talk about the land required to bear fruit in covenant. So when we're in covenant with God, there's unique territory and spheres of influence that you individually will occupy with him. You in covenant with God and you move on to take territory. Now, this territory can look like what Pastor was talking about, the physical land that this church is on. It can look like a business. Honestly, territory can look like a relationship he's called you or somebody that he's called you to bring to Jesus. Territory can look like your job, where he's currently positioned you. So I want you to keep that in mind as we go through this. Territory or land, it doesn't have to be natural physical land. It can literally be, does that make sense? Something that he's called you to occupy. The definition of territory, an area that belongs to and is under the authority of a particular person or country. So an area God's calling you to that he's saying you have authority in. Why? Because you're in partnership, covenant with him. God talks about physical land in Deuteronomy. He says, look, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, I am giving you all this land. Go and occupy it. In chapter 2, he says, begin now to conquer and occupy the land. Possess the land to inherit it. We know scriptures, people like Jonah. (laughs) Jonah. Get up and go get the great city of Nineveh. An ambassador, the definition of ambassador, is a representative sent out with authority. And when I picture that, I, I picture our covenant relationship with God, where we, where we birth intimacy with him in the secret place and in proximity to him. And then out of that covenant, he sends us out of his spirit with a mission right. and a vision and says, go and occupy Now, there are times where that territory already is flowing with milk and honey. And there are times where that territory may require your presence in order to flow with milk and honey. Let's go to Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42, verse 17. Sorry, 41, verse 17. Isaiah 41, verse 17. When the poor and needy search for water, and there is none, and their tongues are parched from thirst, then I, the Lord, will answer them, I, the God of Israel, will never abandon them. I will open up rivers for them on high plateaus. I will give them fountains of water in the valleys. I will fill the desert with pools of water. Rivers fed by springs will flow across the parched ground. The Lord, through Isaiah, is talking about dry land in the beginning of that, in verse 17, when the poor and needy search for water and there is none, and their tongues are parched with thirst. 
if you were to think, I'm sure you can think of someone or something or some area of land around you that may feel dry, so to speak. The Lord says that he will open up rivers. He will give them fountains of water. He will fill the desert with pools of water and rivers fed by springs. God wants you to know this morning that when in covenant with him, you are the river. Fed by him, the spring. And in dry lands, you, the river, move into a land that was previously dry and become living water in that territory. He goes on, look at in verse 19. He says, I will plant trees in the barren desert. I am doing this so all will see the miracle and understand that it is the Lord who has done this. So not only does he bring in you as a river, being fed by the spring, which is him, but then he goes on and he plants you as a tree so that you can bear fruit in the land. So I would ask you this morning, what is dry around you? that God is asking you to physically move into and occupy and become a river of life, a fountain fed by him. What does that mean? <laughs> Seeking his face, hanging out, proximity with him, flowing with him, praying, Praying in the spirit, being with him, being fed, being here on Sundays and Wednesdays, being fed, worship, being fed. And out of that, he, that is all the spring of him. And being fed from that spring, we literally become pillars of living water so that when I walk into a situation where there's somebody sick and I lay hands on them, the sickness can't stay. That's dry. If there was a big dry hole in the ground and water started rushing into it, it would have no choice but to fill up. Water displaces the dryness. Believers go into dry lands and speak over them. We know how to do that in this church. I'm just reminding you this morning to look around you and in your covenant relationship with God, Ask God, what land are you calling me to? If you go on in Isaiah, he confirms that this is a covenant act. In Isaiah, where are we? Isaiah 42, verse 6, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and I will give you to my people as a symbol of my covenant. He says it right there. You are, you are, and the covenant you have with God, a gift to his people. 
your relationship with God, that, that intimate bond, you go out and become a river, people are attracted to you because of the Jesus in you. And you are literally a living, breathing example of covenant with God. And they want it. He says that he will give you to his people as a symbol of covenant. That's incredible. Say, I want to be used by God. Yes. In the message translation, it says, I have sent you among my people to bind them to me. Because where Jesus is, it changes everything. They want him. When they see Jesus coming through you, they want him and they will feel that binding to the presence of God. He's so good. The spirit of the Lord. (laughs) I, I really just think this is a reminder this morning. The spirit of the Lord has anointed you to preach good news to the poor, to set captives free. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon you in your times with Him, in your times of building your character, in all of that stuff. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon you and anointed you to go. He's come upon you and anointed you. I don't think we quite have a revelation of what the anointing of God on our life can do. (laughs) <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord, I would say, has, has come upon you and anointed you to bring Jesus to dry lands. Yes, yes. And that's why Pastor Ian says that the purpose of covenant is to bear fruit. Your covenant relationship becomes their hope. When they see a covenant person, they believe in a covenant God. That's it. And you need to know that there's safety for God's anointed. (laughs) It says in 1 Chronicles, touch not, my anointed one. Touch not. There's safety. Let's go back to Jonah because I believe that when God's called you to territory, one of the key things one of the only things we need is a heart of obedience. In Jonah 1, he said, get up and go get the great city of Nineveh. In Jonah 1, verse 3, it says, but Jonah got up and went the other way. (laughs) To get away from the Lord. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Don't let, don't let the fear of God correcting you, keep you from his presence. Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Why? Because he knew if he got in his presence, God would convince him. (laughs) In Jonah 3, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, thank God for grace, and said, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. And we know the story that Jonah went and obeyed. Jonah 3 verse 10 says, When God saw what Jonah had done and how the people of Nineveh had stopped their evil ways, 
he changed his mind and did not carry out destruction. When you are walking in obedience in your territory, you have authority there to heal the land. If it was dry and a write-off, I, I, I think of this every time I work out. The gym that I go to, previously to me, it seemed like it was in the middle of nowhere. And that, the person that planted that facility there did not, chose not to believe that that was a dry land, but obeyed the Spirit of the Lord to plant a facility there. And I'm telling you, now everyone wants to be in that patch of land. Obedience, when it looks dry, when milk and honey is not there yet, but God's saying, you go and occupy, and milk and honey will flow. That obedience to see dry and not be afraid, but to go and follow the anointing of the Lord and the call of the Lord, and you will see fruit. Every time I go and work out in this place, I'm like, this is literally the best place on earth. And I used to think it was in no man's land. And now I'm t- if I told you what was trying to come in around it, you'd be like, wow, Jesus. Yeah. Obedience to act in territory. He's good. Always confirm with your mentors. I know pretty much everyone in the room does that as a practice, but confirm with the people that you trust. Because the timing of the Lord is also a, a thing, right? And mentors can take a, a bird's eye view and say, wait, wait, go. <laughs> so good. Another thing I felt the Lord telling me that we needed to chat about was um, we need to fall in love with his people. I'm convicted of this. I have said out of my mouth, people are tough. (laughs) Oh, God, give me patience for people. (laughs) I don't have time to reach out to that person. Oh, she's messaged me five times on Facebook. Does she not get the hint I don't want to talk to her? Come on. He's saying that in the land... Honestly, dry land may be a relationship that you're avoiding, that he's calling you to go bring water to. We need to fall in love with his people. Falling in love with his people. I think I've told this story before, but um, when I was in Knoxville and I, I, I um, was run, running Dr. Pete's practice for him where he, when he was in Africa, he has seven tables and I was the only treating doctor, and I was going back and forth between these tables, and I was trying to do it in my own strength at first. And literally, when I was adjusting people, I, had, I was feeling like I had no patience for their problems. It felt like I was playing head and shoulders, knees and toes. Like everything, oh, my pinky, and my wrist, and my elbow, and my eardrum, and like <laughs> it was, it felt like I had no patience for their requests, 
And I think I told you that right there in that room, the Holy Spirit came and said, I want you to picture every time you go to one of these tables and lay hands on a patient, that I want you to picture them at the altar of the Lord with their hands lifted high and receiving from heaven. And I did that, and I'm telling you the love of God. When you see somebody desperate for God, we have to picture their spirit desperate for the living water that you possess, and the love of God will pour out. And if there is somebody that he's called you to minister to that you've been avoided, avoiding, I just want you to picture them with their hands lifted high before the King of Kings, receiving from heaven that desperate spirit that you can come in and partner with and pour out love on. We got to fall in love with his people. He's honestly, until we get this solved, I, I, I almost feel like he's going to give apartments instead of mansions. We got to get this thing dealt with with people. He has called us to go and love. We have time for them because we have time for the work of the Lord. Fire for like just... I don't know if you can feel that, but like getting a a fiery heart for people. Mature, mature people get this. And we're, I'm calling, and myself included, like let's go up to that mature place. When you think about a kid at Christmas, the littler they are, the more they're focused on the gifts that are under the tree for them. But when you get older, you start to see, even on kids' faces when they're like eight, nine, maybe even younger if they're really awesome, <laughs> you start to see that when they give a gift, their faces like light up. Yeah. We're wired to, to know and figure out that it's better to give and receive. Yeah. It's better to give than receive. Yeah. And, and we got to position our hearts towards that again. It's better to give than receive. It's better to give than receive. And even if this person is going to take time out of your life, it's better to give than receive. And we're calling ourselves up to that higher place of maturity to love the people of God. Passion. That's another thing he he wants us to talk about. A passionate God has passionate kids. And if he's called you into a dry land and you're walking around like, think this is the will of God. (laughs) Passion. Kids take on the characteristics of their parents. We know that, earthly speaking. And I suggest that one of the things you focus on, a characteristic of Jesus, is passion. When we talk about covenant, in the natural sense, a man and a, a husband and a wife, we talk about, oh, that's a fiery relationship. The world will say this, the f- it's a fiery relationship. Sparks are flying. Or you'll hear, oh, we need to rekindle the flame of our love. Or you'll hear, their love is contagious. These are things the world talks about because it's true. Covenant love is contagious. And covenant love is passionate. It's fiery. When you're spending time with God, sparks should be flying. (laughs) 
come on guys, our love for him must be contagious so that when we're being placed in a territory that he's called us to, it's contagious because we're so passionate about it. God gave Jesus. We said, God, for God so loved the world that he gave. He sacrificed and sent down that little baby in a manger. And what do we know about sacrifice? Fire falls on sacrifice. So that little baby in a manger, fire fell from heaven right there on the sacrifice of God. And then what do we do? We take Jesus into our hearts. So what do you have in you? The fire of God, the passion of God, the very essence of God, the excitement of God. Fire falls on sacrifice. And he gave it right there for us to receive. When you are in dry lands, <laughs> show your passion. Yeah. I think sometimes, honestly, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of this too, we're almost reserved in terms of our passion for certain things, people, um, land, what, businesses, whatever it would may, be, may be, because we're afraid to create idols. <laughs> like, I... I I feel like I've done that in my life. God, and it is true, nobody before him. But the things that he's called you to, don't hide it. Don't shy back. Fan the flame, it says in the scriptures. Fan the flame. He doesn't want people that are afraid to create an idol. He wants people that have established him as number one and free to be released in the things he's called them to and in passion. The fire of God comes and it will. It will burn up anything. I can't, somebody said this this weekend at conference that we were watching. The fire of God will come and burn up anything that is inconsistent with God. And then it will light on fire everything else that's left. You don't have to worry about that as long as you're establishing God as my first priority. My first priority is him. No other shall come before him. Everything left when the fire, when we invite the fire of God in our life, everything left. (laughs) is victim to the fire of God (laughs) and passion, passion, passion. The most powerful, I don't know who said this either, but the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire, full of passion. (laughs) Because dry lands don't need doubt. Dry lands don't need you to go in there and be reserved. Dry lands need you to go in there with the fire of God and the passion of God and speak life and become a pillar of water, a river fed by him. Accept no imitation, expect no limitation. Expect no imitation, expect no limitation. Whatever. The first one, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That if we, if we don't accept a counterfeit, 
or an idol. Once that's established, you can expect there to be no limitations. Yes. Yes. One of the things that, um, in terms of being fed by the spring, that he's talking to me about again. When I was young, my dad used to always say to me, go and be still. Go and wait. He'd say, don't talk. <laughs> and I think we may need to practice this more. It says, be still and know I am God. They that wait upon the Lord. <laughs> Get in the presence of God and shut up. <laughs> Why? Because he has plans to talk about with you. He has land and territory to tell you about. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God. Not that he that visits. He that passes by, no, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide. Come on, he's calling us to be fed by him, to be fed by the spring, so that we can go out and be living water, and as you're being fed, wait on him. Wait on him to show up. In that place, honestly, Jesus will become more real to you than any problem you're facing. Yeah. That's how you know you've waited long enough. When you come out, and he's bigger than your problems. Yeah. You got a smile on your face, and you're good to go. Yeah. That's how you know. And one of the things that I, uh, I try to do while I'm waiting on God is find his eyes. In physiology, and I confirm this with my friend, she's an optometrist, I said, I've heard that the eye is a map. She said, yes. So one time when I was getting my eyes looked at, they asked me if I had surgery on my left foot. Wow. <laughs> and I don't know if you were here a couple Sundays ago when my mom and I shared the testimony when I had flesh-eating disease in my left foot. So the eye is a map. In Psalm 32, it says, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so while you're waiting, find the eyes. There's a map in his eyes related to your territory. Find him. Find him. He is, oh. He's so good. He's such a, he's so passionate. That's all. That's all we need. Yeah. Is a passionate encounter with our God. Yeah. A passionate encounter with Jesus. Yeah. That, that, that solves it. Yeah. That solves your problems and others. Yeah. There's a new song out, and I'm going to close with this. Um, there's a new song out called Sales. And I, I often ask the, ask the Lord about territory and, and when you're walking through the mall and God's saying to pray for somebody or when um, 
you're at a family thing and there needs to be an environment shift. I mean, you got Christmas gatherings coming up. Yeah. Or you're in your business and things aren't going awesome. Wherever there's dry places. This song called Sales came out and I feel like it depicts perfectly a stance that we need to take. It says in the song, I let out the sails of my heart. And I just picture that when you're, when you're wondering, God, like, where, where's my land? Where's my territory? God, what, in this instant right now, Father, what do you want me to do? I let out the sails of my heart. That's the stance that we take. We don't have a motorboat with our hand on the wheel. We're in a sailboat, and we put the sails up. Surrendering to God and saying, God, breathe and push me where you want me to go. I love that. I loved that song when it came out. It felt like, yes, that's perfect. Put the sails out, and you'll find that your sailboat will bring you to the area of dry land. A heart of surrender and obedience is a heart that's ready to occupy. Yielding to a good father and his ways and his timing and trusting that he understands and knows your desires. That's what that picture is. Because if you didn't trust him to know your deepest heart's desires, you'd be hesitant to put the sails out. When we trust him, when we trust him, that's when you truly have the full heart of obedience. Because you know he won't take you anywhere, anywhere that will not bring you the full satisfaction that you're looking for. Yielding to a good father, his ways, his timing, and trusting that he understands and knows your desires. Psalm says he thrills me. Psalm 84 says, a euphoria fills me because I trust in him. Right. He's taking you and your sailboat I, is going, I promise you, to incredible places. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If I could get a little bit of Keith, that would be awesome. Um, I felt like, let's just, uh, before we close today, I, I want to take a, a second and just... Um, and each of us invite God in and a new level into, into your life, into your circumstances. Come on, it says we're going from glory to glory to glory so you could experience him in the most intense ways already and he still has a new level for you. So just do this for me. Could you just let out your hands like sails? He's here to reignite passion. He's here to reignite passion for people. He's here to reignite a passion to partner with him. He's here to provide you as a solution to whatever's dry. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, God. Yes, God. More, Lord. passion just fall God passion for people 
God, I thank you that right now you're putting people and situations and land and businesses on people's hearts, God, whether they're called to occupy now or intercede, Father. I thank you that you are just dropping little nuggets of gold in every heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you that each person here would be a representation of heaven on the earth. Heaven on the earth. Come on. If you live to see heaven on, the earth, on earth, just reach out to him. Reach out to him because you are his solution. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Heaven birthed out of covenant with God. Heaven birthed out of covenant with God. God, we thank you. We're not just asking for heaven. We're asking for the infiltration of you. You on the earth, God. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, God. Yes, Lord, we just lift up our arms today, God, and say, take us where you want us to go, Father. Willing vessels, willing vessels, willing vessels. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Just one last thing, reach up and bring down to your spirit. Pull on it. Passion. Return. In Jesus' name. Reach up and grab it. More passion. More passion. In Jesus' name. More passion for him. More fire for him. More, more passion, God, for you. We thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. You can have it all. You can have it all. You can have it all, Lord, because we trust you, God. We trust you, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here 
so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.